All right, it's that time again. Welcome into the Fig Cave, baby. Every time I record this GD podcast, it's either snowing or it just snowed or about to snow, or I don't know if it's bad luck or what, but I'm here. I'm here, I'm live, and I'm excited for this episode. This came together quick, man. Uh, we got the boys coming on from a new podcast, the Card Foundation Podcast. They do a baseball card podcast. They just started a wrestling uh, wrestling card podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I want to talk about the kind of the explosion of the of the card collecting game. I mean, as a kid, I was big into baseball cards, uh, a little bit into you know superhero and wrestling and GI Joe cards. But I mean, it was baseball cards that were number one. And now I see the nerds at the. Uh, I'm a nerd, so I can say that I see the nerds at the at the target every week you know standing by the by the aisle where the where the cards are they're hard to get people are selling them on ebay and now it's kind of trickled over into wrestling cards so we got uh their brothers they have a new podcast uh they were hyped up they're they're part of the the major wrestling figure podcast uh facebook group so i want to get them on and talk about this new podcast and uh you know maybe i'd love to get into collecting cards a little bit i mean i have a couple guys i'm a big macho man fan a big Kurt angle fan i'd love to you know get some of their cards i don't know where to start though i don't want to just buy packs and you know spend money on stuff i don't need there's just certain people i want but if you know you listening at home want to get into card collecting uh this will be a cool little uh tutorial so uh let's get them on the line and uh talk some cards All right, here we are. We got Danny and John from the Card Foundation podcast. I uh, just listened to the Major Brothers podcast the other day, and they were giving you guys some high praise, so that's pretty cool anytime that happens. Uh, but I had no idea there was even a baseball card podcast, much less you guys now starting a second podcast. Tell me, uh, tell me how you guys got started with the original podcast, what it's all about, and then this new podcast. I think you just did the first episode. I listened to it the other day. I think it was the first one. Um, how's that going, and what's that all about? I'm going to uh, start and kick it over to Johnny, just because he actually formed the caught-looking brand. Okay. So he could get started on that, and then we'll get into the uh, the podcast side of it. Cool. Yeah, so basically, um, the first idea was actually, it was supposed to just be a blog. Um, I started the, I came up with the idea for the name, and I started blogging. Um, and then eventually, I got into listening to the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, and it kind of inspired me to want to start a podcast and I didn't, but I didn't want to do it, um, you know, just by myself. So I asked my brother, uh, to, if he wanted to jump in with me and, um, he was ready to go. He was kind of, you know, pestering me a little bit over the, you know, the last couple the last few months of the blog. Um, and then it got started. So we kind of just started, uh, doing the caught looking podcast. Um, and that's basically, all baseball related. So, um, we talk about, you know, the actual MLB, uh, different news and stuff that's going on. And then we focus on the hobby. Uh, we talk about baseball cards, um, you know, figures and all different memorabilia, stadium giveaways, um, stuff like that. So then I guess now it's been about a year and, you know, we're obviously still, you know, big wrestling fans and we're still listening to the major pod and a couple of different other wrestling podcasts. And we realized that there really wasn't anything out there for you know, the wrestling card fan. 
Um, so we decided that we wanted to start that brand and I'll let Danny uh, kind of take it from there. Yeah. So, I mean, like you, uh, you had mentioned before, Phil, it's kind of like when we were going through the research of doing, you know, a baseball podcast and then eventually the card foundation, it's like there was nothing really out there that was providing information to, you know, like-minded people like us for both kind of new and old collectors. So we wanted to make sure that we're passing along the knowledge that we've developed over the years because we've been, you know, collecting for a long, long time. And even though it wasn't really collecting back in the day, it was more of, you know, playing with wrestling figures yeah, and, yeah. you know, going to card stores and opening just the pack of cards up and, you know, kind of trading and different things. So uh, we wanted to pass along the information to new collectors. You know, we talk about this stuff anyway, every single day. So why not put it out in a podcast and let other people get to listen? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be a listener, you know, every week. And I'm not even a huge collector. I mean, I, I've been grabbing them. I'm, I'm gonna uh, obviously have a bunch of wrestling figures behind me, so I'm a huge wrestling fan. Uh, but my, now my son's into it, and he loves getting the cards and like collecting them all. So it's been cool to like collect them with him. And when I first saw the podcast, like, how are you gonna do a podcast about wrestling cards? <laughs> but somebody could probably say that about my podcast. How are you gonna do a whole podcast about wrestling figures? So it's all relative, you know. You right. guys can find them on Twitter at Card Found Pod and on Instagram card foundation pod uh great follow just getting started uh danny and john we're going to talk about how the the hobby's kind of exploded since uh the pandemic started i'm sure you have uh some good and bad uh points to that and just how you guys got into collecting and all that kind of stuff uh, but how did you become wrestling figure fan uh, wrestling fans basically like do you remember being kids obviously as brothers you probably started watching it together uh, oh yeah and, and did you ever tail off and when did you start collecting figs let's get into that before we get into the cards sure um so we basically started in the attitude era um actually i'm the older brother uh i'm 30 and, and i'm four years older than danny um but danny was the one who kind of found it um he started watching it as like a four-year-old kid um and then <laughs> the i got into it yeah um so I kind of followed him at being even as the older brother. Um, and I think our, one of our first pay-per-views we ever rented, uh, was Starcade 97, uh, Hogan oh, versus sting. I was there. Um, you were there wow. here in, here in like DC. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that, that, what a great show. Yeah. Um, so that's like, that show has like such a, um, you know, an important role in really our whole life because it really kickstarted everything for us. I could see it, um, yeah. So then as, you know, throughout the Attitude Era, we were collecting figures. But like Danny said, we really weren't collecting. It was more, you know, just buying the figures to play with. And yeah. um, I would say we maintained our fandom throughout, like, the 2000s. It wasn't as strong um, as it was in, in the late 90s. Um, I know, like, Danny and I both collected, you know, figures at the time. We were also doing a lot of baseball stuff and football and basketball um you know so i would say like our collecting really was stretched out danny how about uh, you dan yeah how about you dan yeah no it's uh i we both grew up with bone crunchers so i i get really nostalgic even just like thinking about it now and trying to piece together the old bone crunchers that we had back in the day uh but yeah no i think we were we were huge in the late 90s and early 2000s and we just loved that whole era I think as it started to cater more towards that PG, I know a lot of fans, you know, like to complain about the PG era, but you know, when you start getting into high school and college, it's like wrestling's not the most popular thing anymore. You know, I played baseball, so I'm off running around doing school, playing ball. And it's like, there's not much time really for much of anything. So I actually, I actually mentioned it on our first episode of card foundation was I just happened to be flipping through channels at school and I see Dolph Ziggler cash in the money in the bank briefcase. 
yeah. and he wins the title and the huge pop and that really got me back into it and then discovering major pod and i'm like i gotta get all the figures now and it's been mayhem ever since that's how i knew yeah. you guys knew your shit because you put that sound clip in there which gave me goosebumps i love that moment <laughs> but i'm so I'm, I'm way still. too lazy to do that on my podcast i just let it run <laughs> hit, hit play hit stop that's it um, um tell me tell me about your your card collection so obviously baseball cards i was a huge baseball card collector as a kid um, there was a, I mean, a big boom when I was, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So I never had any bone. I never had a single Jack's figure in my entire life. Wow. Uh, I started with Hasbro's as a kid. I got out of it when I was in the attitude era. I was like in late high school, college, then got back into it. Like when the Mattel thing started. So we're in totally different. You probably love the FWF and I, I like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I've, I've oh, never yeah. seen any yep. of those figures before. So it's, it's a cool different dynamic, but tell me yeah. how you got into the, the card collecting, uh, with uh, the baseball side of things and now how it's kind of risen uh, since, you know, probably a year ago now and since the pandemic started, I mean, it's been crazy. Yeah. yeah. I would say that when we were younger, it was really just memories of us going with like our parents. To, we, had, we had a mall called the Broadway mall in Hicksville, New York. And there was, we called him the baseball card guy and we would run up to the stand and uh, our parents would give us a few bucks to open up some packs and, you know, looking for, relic cards with you know game used jerseys in them and autograph cards weren't really huge back then so it was more of like oh which rookies are we gonna pull and yeah, yeah. we're both new york mets fans so we're you know what mets players are we gonna pull from these packs and it became really addicting you know and then we would go to flea markets and they would have the card displays with all of our favorite players on there and it's wow i really like this card this is cool and adding it to our binders and collections um and then for a while i would say we stopped you know, just because, again, growing up, there's other things that you're focused on. And uh, Johnny brought us back into the card hobby in the, I would say, mid-2010s. Okay. Yeah, so I would say like 2015 or so, um, I started getting back into it. Uh, a friend of mine at the time just rediscovered his collection from when he was a kid. He right. found it in his parents' house. And we remember, we just kind of went through all of his cards and it just like nostalgia took over from there. Um, so we decided to get back in and um, start collecting mostly baseball, some hockey and, you know, strictly sports. Um, and then, you know, as we got more and more like back into wrestling, um, you know, we decided to look back into the wrestling cards. Um, and we noticed that, you know, tops is now producing WWE cards and, it, you know, between baseball cards and I guess the nostalgia of like wrestling and going back and looking at some of the stuff from like the nineties that we, and two thousands that we missed out on. Um, that was really like where the hiatus of, or the, the height of, uh, the collecting really started. So I would say leading up to caught looking, it was pretty moderate. And then once caught looking started, oh, we were like, okay, we're a hundred percent in, you know, we're at the LCS every week. Um, you know, we're really diving in, into the hobby. And then all of a sudden the, the coronavirus, the pandemic happens and there's a huge boom, um, which it was kind of good and bad for our podcast because it was, it was good because it was all over the media um, it was all over social media. Everyone was talking about baseball cards again, but we couldn't do anything. You know, we couldn't go to card shows. We couldn't go to baseball games. So it was like a catch-22 where, um, you know, everything was going on around us in the world that prohibited us from actually, like, meeting collectors and going to shows. But, you know, it was never hotter in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. So. Uh, I don't think I miss many things as much as I miss going to a baseball game in the summertime. That's the freaking oh, that's the freaking best. Absolutely, I mean, Orioles are terrible, but like just being in Cannon Yards and you can hear, you can smell like the barbecue and like mm -hmm. everybody's drinking yep. beers and just it's the best. But and um, that's a beautiful ballpark too. Oh, it's so. great. Yeah, we, got, I, we love Camden. We've been down. 
You guys, you guys are Mets or Yankees fans? Mets. Mets. Okay. I was going to say Yankees come down and whoop our ass. <laughs> Not the Mets so much. Um, so, so give me a number, a ballpark on your, uh, on your card. How many cards you have? Total. Oof. Yeah. Do you have uh, them in binders? All sports or? Yeah. I mean, you can divvy them up just, you know, it doesn't have to be exact, but I mean, I mean, I guess we can start with the wrestling cards. Let's shift over to that. I mean, how many, how do you guys display um, them? Do you have them all in binders? Do you have them just specific? I, on the first episode of your podcast, you're talking about, you guys have a couple of different, you know, one of you likes Ziggler. Uh, and you guys yep. are kind of focusing on that. Are you mm-hmm. tell me how your collection is kind of started with the wrestling figures and how you do it? Whether you like wrestling figures for me, I have I'm a huge Macho Man fan, a huge Kurt Angle fan. I try to do like different small segments so I'm not just buying everything out there. Do you guys do the right. same with cards? Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so with figures, I actually really collect. Mostly just guys I like, um, all ECW guys. So like the, all the, anything ECW related, I'll collect. Um, in terms of like the Jack stuff, really just like the older, the older stuff like Taker and and Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Um, you know, some just basically nostalgia purposes. Um, but with cards, it's I have a couple PC guys. So PC is a personal collection. Um, for cards, I collect uh, Brian Pillman is one of them. Uh, Bret Hart um the undisputed era guys i'll collect random people from like new japan if they have if i see a card from like you know whether it's japanese or uh an american card i'll, I'll collect that um that's that's really it danny has your pc is a little bit bigger with wrestling um yeah i would say whereas you know you're more so of like an ecw kind of vintage-ish collector mm-hmm. and more towards gravitating towards the indies i'm more of wwe centric and eventually when AEW comes out with their cards, I'll be, you know, diving into that head first. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of cater 50, 50 towards, I, I hate calling it investing, but kind of knowing what I need with values. And then the other half is for what I just like to enjoy. So, you know, I'll go out and I'll hunt certain cards that I think maybe over time, they're just going to go up and up in value. Like we've talked about with the uh, 1997, Cardinal Rock rookie card. Uh, we'll get to so that. We're going to get to that. Yeah. All right. So I'll hold up on that right now. But <laughs> no, but like, you know, yeah, there's certain people I'll look for, like, say on eBay, and I'll just say, you know, this person is really underpriced. Their cards are pretty cheap. Let's buy a few. We could turn them in to get graded, and then they'll be, you know, valuable down the line. So uh, the person I use as an example lately has been Liv Morgan. You know, I think Liv Morgan's in a really affordable range, and she's young enough to where I think she's going to be a megastar eventually down the line. So. That's like an investing kind of example I like to use. It reminds me a lot of the stock market. You're kind of putting you're putting money into you're putting stock into someone that you think is going to be kind of bigger than they are right now. Um, yep. So if I, if I want to just get Macho Man and and Kurt Angle cards, if I just want to fo- like you guys focusing on specific, do you just have to go through eBay? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to buy eight dollar packs. I don't want to go hunting for packs. If someone right. listening just wants to, just a Bret Hart fan, I just want Bret Hart cards. I mean, now yeah, that, yeah, I would, I would say the best yeah. bet would probably be to go through secondary market and to eBay just because you could buy a box of cards. It doesn't even necessarily mean that maybe someone like Macho Man is even in the set. Yeah. yeah. You no. Know, so it's easier to just punch in, you know, Macho Man trading card. Everything's going to pop up and you'll save a lot more money that way. It also depends, too, on what kind of collector you want to be. Do you want to be someone that just loves Macho Man so much that says, hey, I need a bunch of Macho Man cards? You know, this card looks cool. This card is unique. Uh, does condition matter? You know, for myself, I like to find things in really, really minty condition, whereas 
Johnny would say, you know, hey, this hard card is just really cool. It's in good shape. I need to have that for my personal collection. So right. it's kind of like a mix of a little bit of both. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. Go ahead. It definitely depends on on the type of collector that you want to be. Um, but, you know, for in, in your instance with like Kurt Angle and Macho Man, um, I would definitely say hit up eBay because you can get some of those single cards for like a dollar, 50 cents, 75 cents. Um, you know, so if you're someone who just wants to have a bunch of different cards by them, yeah. I would definitely say go to the secondary, you know, secondary market. What if I say, like Danny's talking about, I'm a big fan of Bianca Belair. I want to get into, I want to find like the rookie cards of people like her, like I think is going to be a superstar. You talked about mm-hmm. it on your first episode. It was really interesting. It's easy to tell a rookie card in some dude comes up from the Yankees farm system and starts playing for the Yankees. That's his rookie card, his first Yankees card. You can't really do that with wrestling cards. There's been, right. you know, they talked right. about the the Hulk Hogan card from before it, his WWF days, and then he had card with, you know, so which one's the rookie card? So is is that like kind of the the downfall of the wrestling card industry where like is Bianca Belair's NXT card her rookie card? Does she have now one coming out in the tops for like the, now that she's on, I don't even know if she's on SmackDown or Raw. I don't even watch wrestling anymore. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, t- tell me how that works because I want to get into. I don't like you said investing. I don't want to just buy it just to sell it, but I want to get in on the ground floor with somebody like her that in ten years or five years is going to be worth a hundred bucks, and I'll get it for four dollars. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, um, I would say. So, yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Well, with Bianca Belair, um, she doesn't have a rookie card yet. Um, so I'm assuming based on just what we know about, like when certain people come out, she'll probably be in this year's set in like a 2021. Um, she does have what's called it a first card. So I believe it was what? 2017, I want to say, or 2018, 2018 NXT was her first, uh, yep. first, first card. So it's actually labeled first NXT card on the card. Um, and that's a card that we would consider as of right now a or basically her rookie because it's not guaranteed she does even get one um you could take an example like johnny gargano we actually talked about johnny gargano on uh our second episode that's coming out that actually just came out on thursday um basically with johnny gargano he's been around for a while he's had a couple of first nxt cards but he may never leave nxt so if he doesn't leave nxt and he spends his whole career there he may never get that rookie card you know with the rc logo because he never may he never he just may never make it to Raw or SmackDown. So in that case, his first NXT card would end up being a rookie. Um, so with someone like Bianca Belair, I'm assuming with everything going on and the push that she's getting, yeah, yeah. she will eventually get a rookie card. Um, you know, possibly even in 2021. But as of now, I would say you know start with her first NXT card, and um, that would be like basically a quote unquote rookie. So the so the like the normal tops packs that you see tops heritage and all that stuff that you see doesn't include NXT they have their own separate set. Uh I would say yes and no. Like um an example where kind of everyone's mishmash together would be the undisputed set. So undisputed you get eight autos and two relics in each box. It's considered a, a high-end product, but they actually kind of classify NXT and they'll put like NXT on the back of the card. So, you know, hey, this is an NXT card, and then there's a mix of Raw and SmackDown superstars there as well. So, um, but yeah, just like kind of Johnny said before, it's with NXT first and rookie cards, the market kind of dictates which the what the specific card to really get is. So for uh, an example of that would be Alexa Bliss's NXT first card 
is more valuable than her actually actual tops rookie card. So really the rookie card is the with the RC logo on it, but the market's kind of saying, "Hey, this is the valuable card to collective Alexa Bliss." It really just depends on what people are selling, what the prices that people are selling it for on eBay, right? I mean, that's is that right. really what dictates the market because what else can you yep. go off of? I mean, if people are buying it for a higher price, that's the one that's more valuable. Right. That's the one thing about cards that kind of bothers me because, be, like you said about the – we'll get into this card game. There was a, a WWF trivia game back in, like, late 90s, early 2000 that had, uh, what, a Rock um, Rocky Maivia rookie card and a Stone Cold rookie card. Uh, are those trading cards? Should they be treated as trading cards? I mean, they've been, you talked about in your episode, they've been sold for $5,000, $6,000 for a card. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say this on this podcast here. I was in, I don't know if you're around Reddit, the squared circle, like Reddit page. I used to be on there quite a bit. Mm. I did like a secret Santa thing. This was like probably seven, eight years ago. Someone I'm nervous the way you're going with this. Someone, (laughs) someone sent me that, um, trivia game. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Never opened it, never touched it. And then, like, something happened maybe a year or two ago where there was, like, a, a, a spike in it where there was a – if you had Kane on the box or something, it was worth, like, 100 or 200 bucks. So I just sold it to someone. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. I, I've been, like, keeping this a dark secret, but I sold it for, like, 100, 100 bucks or something. And oh, pro- cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, I probably would have paid for my kids, like, college or something at this point. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's frustrating because those are, I mean, those aren't trading cards, but I mean, they shouldn't really have any value, but they do because people are buying them like crazy on places like eBay. Does that frustrate you or is that just part of the hobby? I love uh, Danny because Danny's actually, <laughs> the, the Rock is actually one of Danny's biggest collections. Okay. Um, it's, it's driven so. me crazy because we had that trivia card game way back in the day. What's worse is that we didn't even get value out of it because we threw it out. Oh, I mean, so no you're, you're worse that. than me. At least I made a hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can at least blame my parents for that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's to me that trivia card. It, it shouldn't be a trading card, just because. You know, I use this example to Johnny. Let's say you know MLB came out with Monopoly in 2021. If there was a baseball rookie in that game, no one would count that as an official card. It's just a part of the game. Yeah. So uh, I actually discovered on the quote looking page that we had that the rock actually had a sticker card from 1997 from panini so panini is a mega you know manufacturer that they they're the number one basketball company and football company in car trading so uh, we discovered that it was actually traded overseas in italy and europe in a various you know amounts of countries uh i consider the sticker to be more true because each sticker card was actually numbered so it was a part of a complete set and you know, Panini still actually makes sticker cards to this day. Nothing's ever changed from the mid-80s to now with Panini manufacturing sticker cards. I mean, Jeremy Padauer, the godfather of wrestling figure wrestling figure manufacturing, I guess you could say, he actually has a Jordan sticker card that's valued at about $10,000. Mm. So, you know, it's one of those instances where the market just dictated that, hey, people found this trivia card game, everyone went nuts about it, and... It just skyrocketed in popularity. Yep. So we talked about Bianca Belair. What what cards, as far as a wrestling card collector, should someone target if they want to, you know, 10 years from now? Like, I've looked at some of the Roman Reigns, like, quote-unquote, rookie cards on, on eBay. Mm-hmm. They're not super expensive. Right. Um, is that someone you would target? Give me some names. Um, 
so I can jump on eBay after we're done recording this. And uh... <laughs> I'll be joining you. We're going to be getting to uh, a couple of bidding wars. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, hmm. Who would who would you say? I, I mean, I think someone like and this is this is not a cheap card anymore by any means. But you know, like Danny, we Danny talked about this recently. Like John Cena, you know, could John Cena and his rookie card end up being looked at as like a Hogan? um one day maybe maybe not um you know i look at guys like you know like you mentioned roman reigns i mean he's the face of wwe right now he seems to it's going to be the face for a while um but he's he's very cheap so you know is it like almost too good to be true yeah you know it's it's tough to make that choice you know sometimes it's better off just you know buying a couple holding it and you know whatever at the end of the day if it doesn't pan out you're out you know five six ten bucks um, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, yeah. So for him, I, I would say that he's definitely a, a good example of that. Um, a lot of the, the female wrestlers do very well in the secondary market. Um, Danny mentioned Alexa Bliss. She's one of the the top-selling people in the entire hobby. Um, wow. I would never thought that. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, I would, would definitely say her, you know, if he's... her and Charlotte Flair are probably the top two yeah. ladies. Uh, okay. um, their, their cards just go through, the, especially – their uh their original rookie cards in first also uh becky lynch you know when she got that major push her stuff went through the roof actually uh beckett who uh has very famous trading card magazine and they actually do grading they deem that the becky lynch uh first nxt autograph card was one of their top 50 cards of all time wow so yeah that just goes to show that even now as we get into the early 2020s wrestling has taken off the popularity that even big companies such as Beckett are recognizing wrestling cards. Have you guys, yeah. I mean, you don't have to get into it, but have you seen your numbers on your podcast jump from when the, you know, before the pandemic to starting from last year? Like, has it just been like a, a ton of people listening just because there's so many more people collecting? We've I actually, would say so. Yeah. yeah. We've had consistent numbers all throughout. We actually, the past few weeks are getting larger spikes nice. for whatever reason. Maybe it's well, because, you know, start, the major yeah. pod, uh, major pod mentioned us and, um, we actually, we're, we added Papa Bear Paul to the team for our card foundation and he's in with filth bomb. So maybe some of the filth bomb guys are starting to find out about us and oh, cool. different breakers. So, um, you know, hopefully we continue to rise just because we really, our goal is to help people, you know, we're not doing this for money. We're not doing this to be, you know, rich and famous or anything like that. We just love the hobby so much that, you know, there's like-minded people like us out there. And if they need a little information to, you know, whether it's advice or they just want to tune in to listen to some fun every week, you know, we want to provide that for them. So, so we kind of touched on this a little bit, but someone listening does not collect wrestling cards. They're a wrestling fan, wrestling figure collector. They want to get into it, but they go to Walmart and Target and there's nothing there. What I mean, is there I have a couple small little stores nearby me that do cards. Is that the best place to go? Can you find them on Amazon? Give me some tips or tricks for someone getting into the hobby that they can kind of start up. Yeah, I would um, say Target yeah. and Walmart yeah, are Target like, Walmart. Uh, you know, they're destroyed, though. Just because I mentioned to you off air before we started, there's people that camp out now to really, you know, look for trading cards. It's It's gone that far extreme. So, I mean, that's the first initial place for people to start with. But to drive around to all different Walmarts and Targets where they probably don't have any stock of anything, you know, you end up spending more in gas and your time, you know, than actually finding cards. So local card stores are, are a great source to kind of uh, promote and buy from small businesses. 
and odds are they're going to have stock of many different products. Uh, yeah. After that, yeah. there are online retailers. The only problem that with them is that they don't sell individual packs. So, you know, like you, you mentioned, you have, um, what, one kid, two kids that are into collecting now? Well, yeah, he's five. I mean, he loves, like, Rey Mysterio, so we try to grab, like, Rey Mysterio right. cards. Right, so, like, if you want to buy, you know, two packs of cards for 10 bucks, online retailers don't really sell that way. They'll sell with, say, a $20 blaster box yeah. or a $100 hobby box. Yeah. So, really, and, you know, you could always go through eBay. It's always an option, but I would say the best bet would be Look for some of those local card stores and, you know, they're down to earth people. That'll take care of you, too. Yeah, I would also say, too, I mean, it depends on where you are in the country. Um, you know, Danny and I are a bit jaded with like the big box stores because we're living in New York and we feel like we're fighting against thousands of people every single day, you know, trying to get these these products. But, you know, we'll see online, on, even on social media, you know, people in in the Midwest and you know different parts of the country that they'll send a picture of their shelves and are fully stocked. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, yes, it's, it's been a little tougher lately with the big box stores. Cause you know, everyone's starting to get in on the, on the boom. Um, but definitely check your, you know, targets, Walmarts, um, you know, big box stores like that, because I would, you know, they, they do carry the product. Um, and then maybe, you know, go to your LCS if you have anything available. Um, you know, eBay is a good, uh, example for, you know, online, there's also uh, blowoutcards.com. I would say that they're like the the biggest online retailer. Um, but like Danny said, they don't sell, you know, you can't get like a $2 pack from them. Yeah. You know, you have to commit to more of like a hobby box or, or something like that. But um, And actually real quick, just to, just to cut back in, um, you could actually, I, I just lost my thought. <laughs> what was I going to say? We'll come. We'll come back to it. I, I yeah. Let question. me let me circle back. I got to think yeah. of it. I was thinking about what Johnny was saying. No problem. <laughs> uh, when these AEW cards come out, I mean, you're going to have a bunch of rookies from from this. The guys that have never had cards. Those are going to be. I mean, I might have to invest in some of those boxes because uh, there's going to be some guy. I mean, Kenny Omega's never had a box. It's it's going to be crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Actually, now of course it pops back into my head just as you uh, end up saying that. Oh, but go ahead. Go ahead. Also, real quick, knowing your checklists is massively important because if you know when specific products are coming out to beat other people to get to the shelves, you know, like for example, nothing really came out in February, but we know that in March road to WrestleMania is coming out. So that's going to be a product you're going to be able to find in stores. So if you know the release date, you know, when to at least go to target and Walmart to at least try. Yeah. Good call. Um, but yeah. yeah with no, the AW is going to be, it's, that's going to be big. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously being a, a figure podcast, you know, you know, um, a lot about the the boom with the AEW figures that have come out from Jazzwares, and um, I think we can expect a similar boom with the cards. You know, guys like MJF, um, you know, Kenny Omega, they they haven't been in, in card form really. Yeah. So you know, obviously Chris Jericho, you know, he's had cards, and some of the other WWF Cody, guys, yeah, Cody Rhodes, yeah, yeah. Um, they've had cards before. But you know, I think some of the bigger AEW names. Um, they haven't, and it's going to be an opportunity to kind of jump in from the beginning, which is very rare. Um, you know, we don't see that happen too often in, in our hobby, and that's why I think AEW was so big. It reminded me of when Jax put out the classic superstars line, you know, and there are so many people now that wish, or even the Mattel elites, where they wish they can go back and say, oh, I wish I would have started with, with Series 1. You know, I'd have such a crazy collection now, and yeah. I think AEW will get there. You know, so it's it's a rare opportunity to kind of get in on a line that is just starting and 
um i'm really excited for when AEW comes out yeah me too i think it'll be cool hopefully it's easy to get or at least can find it some places a couple more questions before we get you guys out of here what's your favorite card in your collection we'll, we'll go individually for this and what's the, the most valuable card in your collection we'll start with danny Oof. i would say so it's different with baseball and wrestling um but we'll stick to wrestling because this is a wrestling podcast my favorite i th- I actually found a Roman Reigns autograph relic out of 10 at a local card show that Ooh. I still can't find anywhere online. Wow. For whatever reason, it was an, an exclusive target set that was just ultra rare. So we have a guy that every card show, he he's always seems to be there and he always hooks us up with good pricing. So every time we go there, we see him, he's a friendly guy and, you know, looking through wrestling, we're just like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm a fan of Roman Reigns. I know maybe some people aren't, but I collect Roman Reigns. And he just happened to have the card. He was talking to me about it, gave me a good deal, and I ended up buying it. Now you you literally can't find it anywhere. Wow. So like I kind of take pride in that. I was able to find that card and just the fact that, you know, it was cool being at the show and mm-hmm. you know the memories around. We, we live yeah. for yeah. We yeah. we live for going to card shows and you know that was definitely the coolest moment of it. Yeah. Um uh, as far as value goes, I wouldn't say that we collect cards that have like serious, serious value. Um I, I mean in baseball we do. Um, I have my favorite player is Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays. So a lot of his rookie stuff came out last year, but I own a one of one gem mint Beckett 10 of oh his prospect card, Shit. which probably is at least in a thousand dollar card, I would say. Um, but sick. yeah, no, we just Johnny and I collect to kind of lower levels. We like our rookie cards. You know, we like autograph cards, but wrestling hasn't got so monumental in value that you know, we could say we own this $5,000 card, like the yeah. rock card. Yeah, yeah. Um, so collection wise, I would say as a collection, it probably goes into the thousands, but not any particular card. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say my favorite card uh, all time is probably the 87 tops Bret Hart rookie. Um, oh, Bret Hart's my favorite wrestler of all time. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's his rookie card. And back then, you know, tops didn't have 15 different brands, you know, so Bret Hart didn't have 15 different rookie cards. He only had the one. Yep. Um, which is what I like about you know a lot of vintage cards. So I would say that's probably my favorite card. Um, my more most valuable wrestling card is probably my uh, Kazuchika Okada auto, autograph card. Um, so Leaf actually is it's another manufacturer of wrestling cards. Um, they put out a uh, I guess like a different brand of cards back in like 2018 and 2017. Um, but they leaf touches all the different uh, different like you know they have New Japan, um, they feature WWE, WWF, a lot of older guys, uh, ECW guys. So it's a product that I like a little bit more just because you know they they don't just stick to like the current WWE guys. So I would say that's probably my more valuable card, uh, and it's also one of my favorites. So um... another one just popped up that will give you a little tip on to be on the lookout for. Uh, speaking of Roman Reigns, I have his FCW, I guess you could call it his rookie card because it was his first ever pro wrestling card. It's when he was Roman Leakey, and it was a 2011 FCW Slamorama card that they gave out in, I believe it was a program or a magazine that are extremely rare, but when they pop up, sometimes people don't know what they have, and I actually bought it. It was graded in a Beckett 8.5 for 30 bucks. Now that card's creeping into like the five, six, seven hundred dollar range. Wow! That's so crazy. I would save one of those searches and type in 
FCW Slamorama, you never know what could pop up. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the best thing about eBay is you can just kind of save a bunch of searches and just type in yep. whatever, and you know you'll get a little notification about it. Uh, last yeah. question before we get you guys out of here, we ask all of our guests this: If you're on death row, you had one last meal <laughs> to eat, you can eat whatever the hell you wanted to eat, drink whatever you wanted. What would it be? We'll start with Johnny. Wow. Um, I'm glad you got to start this question because I got to think real quick. <laughs> so, all right, I'm gonna go with a McDonald's Big Mac meal. Oh wow, nice! And a and a slice of pizza from my local pizza place. Okay, cool. What do you what do you drink? That's, drinking? My, what that's drinking? my meal. I'm drinking a Coke. Okay, nice. I'm still kind. Of, I'm still thinking. This is, a, a this is a tough Coke. question. It is a tough. Ab- question. Oh, Fountain Coke, absolutely. Yeah, from McDonald's it just hits different, man. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. embarrassed that I answered that so quickly. I feel like no, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I, it's not that I've ever thought about that before, but I, I, yeah. it's my favorite meal. Yeah, yeah. Man, I gotta go with, oof, probably from one of our local steakhouses, a nice big fat juicy steak. No, I can't. I Throw can't. in some cream spinach and a baked potato in there, oh, and you got man. me. There you go. It's been a while since I've been to a place like that, man. I miss those places. Yeah, too. Uh, that's nice. steakhouses and baseball. Yeah, parks. right. That's ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, screw sure. it. You can give me a, a dog and a and a, a beer, and put yeah. me at a baseball game, and I could die a happy man. There you go. Yep. Well, thank you guys for coming on. We'll definitely promote your podcast uh, going forward. We like your stuff, and uh, thank you guys so much for taking some time out to join us, man. Oh, yeah, thank no, you, I, Phil. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, and we're gonna give you that same plug. I just started listening. I didn't. Uh, it was nice that you hit us up because yeah. uh, I had some good entertaining listens today, and oh, cool. you, you run a great podcast. So uh, yeah. definitely, anyone that's listening, hit that subscribe button. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good uh, rest of your day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank yeah, you, thanks, man. See. All right, those were the boys from the Card Foundation podcast. If I cut, oh no, I didn't. I can't cut out because I already got as Zoom makes you like limits how long you're on there for. But I guess we. We got in under the cut here. Uh, so great, great stuff, man. I mean, I want to get into more of the card collecting. Uh, I don't want to be just waiting in the aisles and buying packs, but I want to k- kind of pick and choose who I get. And uh, I would like to invest in some rookies. So uh, this week, I think I'm going to spring for that Bianca Belair NXT card. You know, it's like five, ten bucks. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's crazy right now. I would love to see the numbers from these card companies. I'm sure they're up, you know, triple digits because. Uh, I've just never seen anything like it. People are just, you know, the, the card aisle at, at all your stores is probably like mine. It's even harder to get these cards than it is to get figures now. So, uh, so good for these guys. I got two really successful podcasts going on. Uh, check them out again on Twitter, card found pod and on Instagram card foundation pod. Let's get to some shout outs and let's get out of here. First things first, if you're listening to this podcast on Friday, I'm going to post this on Friday. On Saturday, the 20th, we're doing a the first, I don't know if it's the first ever, but we'll call it the first ever Fig Cave Flea Market in our Facebook group. Uh, we have almost 300 people in there now. It's the figcave.com is the best place to get there. It's free to sign up, no fee to join. Uh, we don't charge family members. We're the Fig Cave fam. Just remember that. And, uh, you know, come on by. I mean, we, we're constantly people buying and selling and trading figures. Uh, we have a ton of people in there that are really uh, able to hook each other up and, and find stuff for you. My buddy Rob Schwartz found me the Macho Man NWO uh, Masters of the Universe uh, the other day and uh, sent it to me retail plus shipping. 
Shout out, Rob. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, I try to help people. I'm doing fig hunting videos whenever I can. Uh, but, yeah, we're doing a flea market in there. Uh, you can buy stuff, sell stuff. Just be PayPal ready. Uh, so clear out your clear out your closets and your bins and get and make some money or, or buy some stuff that you haven't been able to get. Um, some of our podcast buddies, obviously the major wrestling figure podcasts. Uh, we love those guys. Listen to them every single week. Matt, Brian, and Mark are are the best. Uh, the Run In podcast. Our buddy Tommy Paradise and DJ do a really good uh, wrestling figure podcast. But they talk about Raw, SmackDown, AEW. Uh, they talk about uh, other figures, Star Wars. Uh, G.I. Joe, Marvel, all kinds of stuff. The pop culture, they're all they're all into everything over there. Uh, our buddy Papa Bear Kenny at The Call Up uh, does some great, kind of like similar to our podcast here, just more like interview style. Uh, really, really good dude. Uh, one of my favorite guys to follow. Uh, coming down the aisle, our buddy John Swallow does a nice wrestling figure podcast too. And don't forget about the WrestleGeddon podcast, our buddy Chris Matthews. Uh, so you almost have a wrestling figure podcast for every single day of the week uh, now. So it's pretty it's pretty fun if you're in the car all day like I am. Uh, check out those podcasts. You will not uh, be disappointed. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We've got some great numbers these last couple of weeks. We appreciate it. Go back in the, the catalog if you're snowed in. Last week I had my buddy Darius Johnson on the podcast to talk about his uh, black wrestling figure collection in honor of uh, Black History Month. And uh, we talked about everything. He's he's big into the fig budget, so we talked about some ways to kind of limit yourself, set a budget for the year, and uh, not go overboard on wrestling figures because it's very easy to do that. Um, but uh, check all that out. Wherever you found this podcast, go back in the, in the history, and, and there's a ton of good stuff now. I think we're up to 10 or 11 pot, uh, episodes now. So uh, I'm going to record, I think, next week a episode with um, – a mailbag episode answering some questions from uh, the folks in the Fig Cave Facebook group. So that'll be fun. And we have some, uh, I'm doing a, another interview on Saturday with another uh, individual, which I will not be naming, uh, but uh, that'll be fun. And another another interview next week. So we got, we're got we cranking it out here. We've got some, got some good content for you guys. So check it out. Give, uh, go to iTunes. Give us a nice five-star review. We would really appreciate that. Well, yeah, that's it for me, guys. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned next week. A whole new episode of The Fig Cave. Appreciate your support. Have a great weekend. And uh, come check out the the flea market, baby. We're selling some stuff. We're making some money. Talk to you guys later. Stay classy, Mark.